When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have seen so much growth, not just in drag, not just in makeup and aesthetic, but in energy and personality and honing and harnessing what I've seen was there from day one. And I've seen it just blossom and grow and turn into such a beautiful flower. And each one of y'all are just such unique, like creations. And I'm just like, I just can't believe I get to see this. So of course I gotta let y'all know, honey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awardist Podcast, where we are breaking down the state of the 2022 Emmys race and chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year. I am Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and in this special episode, we are talking about a show that is not just a contender this year, but it is a past winner, baby, and will certainly be adding to its nomination count in July. We're talking RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, I mentioned this is a special episode, uh, specifically because of who our uh, our guests are on it. We gathered five queens from season fourteen of the show for a um, for a a boisterous and lively chat about their long but historic season. But it's the historic part that also makes this discussion a really poignant and riveting one. Willow Pill, Carrie Colby, Cornbread, Jasmine Kennedy, and Bosco are all transgender. And while a couple of them were already out when they entered the competition, others made that revelation on the show. So EW senior writer and our resident RuPaul's Drag Race expert, Joey Nolfi, led that conversation with the Quintet of Queens, and he joins me now. Hello, Joey. How are you? Hi, Jared. I'm doing so well. And I actually think you mean historic, not historic. Correct? That is so true. Thank you very much for uh, clarifying <laughs> there. Yes. And and they made that revelation on the show, not a revelation. So we'll, yes. we'll go back and correct all that stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, you have uh, obviously you have covered this franchise for years here at EW. And um, this season is a is a monumental one, no doubt, especially considering that some of them came out on the show. Um, and that really made for some uh, really incredible television, especially uh, as they got on to Untucked and, um, you know, really got to, it was very emotional television. Um, Willow uh, came out while the season was airing. Um, you've spoken with lots of queens from every season, but do you get the sense from this specific group, these five queens, that that this was more than just a competition for them? Yeah, um, with Willow in particular, she was very open about the fact that this journey for her was one that was specifically influenced by Drag Race. And she actually gets super emotional in mm. this uh, roundtable that we did talking about how the act of actually competing and viewing herself on television, although it was a difficult thing for her, it made her fully realize that she was on the correct path and her gender identity mm. as a trans person. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of different things that this cast talks about and the nuances of gender and identity and yeah. the act of filming a television show and how that influenced them. Uh, even Jasmine. I mean, Jasmine said that talking with Carrie Colby on the set 
uh, mm-hmm. off camera is uh, really what pushed her to also come out for the first time in Untucked. Those were the that was the first time she had ever mm-hmm. said it out loud. I am trans. So, you know, she was just saying, I think I am, maybe I am mm. before, but those words that, I mean, that was a real raw, authentic moment that Drag Race captured here. And I don't think anything inter- that we've seen on reality television this year can sort of top that raw that's authenticity. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, for, for all of the um, <laughs> jokes, which I kind of made one earlier about how long the season was, those are really the moments, though, that kind of made it worth it. Because, like I said, you know, you you got to take a little bit of a break from the competition and realize, like, you know, we're talking about, like, real lives here and livelihoods and and what these people are, um, you know, discovering about themselves. And, and then, in turn, what we can all learn from watching that. So, in that way, that's kind of the point of what television is should be. Yes, absolutely. No, I mean, it is a great example of um, the sort of dynamic quality of what reality television can even be. I mean, this we think of this as a competition. And this just proves that it is so much more than that. Yeah. Well, uh, this show, I got to give everyone a little history here, because uh, they have received to date, if my Counting is correct. 49 nominations, uh, starting with one sole nod in 2015 for makeup. Now, keep in mind, the show debuted in 2009. So it was six years after they debuted. They got their first nomination. Then uh, the next year, 2016, RuPaul won for host. The show was not nominated yet for Outstanding Reality Competition, uh, but RuPaul has won every year since then, making him the most awarded Black artist of all time at the Emmys. Then the show got its first Outstanding Reality Competition nod in 2017. It won the following year, 2018, and has been on a streak ever since then. Um, I don't know what can kind of stop it at this point, though. Do you have any thoughts there, Joey? What can stop Drag Race? Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I don't know if there's something nothing. that, yeah, <laughs> in terms of winning uh, winning these categories. I, I'm not saying that there aren't other shows that, uh, you know, there, there are certainly other shows that are deserving. Um, but I don't know just in terms of, like, cultural impact and, and its, you know, place in pop culture right now that, uh, that anything can beat it. Yeah, no, I think that that is the the amount of wins that it has amassed. I mean, RuPaul has made history as the most awarded Mm -hmm. black artist in Emmy's history. It's there is a clear passion for Ru and what this show is doing. Um, It's undeniable. And I don't think there's any end in sight for this. Um, I mean, shows have tried and have failed. But I think (laughs) the fact that the show continues to pick up technical categories and Untucked is now starting to get things. I mean, we're only at the beginning of this. Which is wild because this is season 14 that we're talking about here. And of course, All Stars is on uh, season seven, though uh, All Stars, they don't do as much of a push uh, at the Emmys for for that specific part of the franchise. But uh, yeah, this show, you're right. uh, We're really only (laughs) at the beginning of where this entire franchise is going to go. All right. Coming up, Joey's conversation with Willow Pill, Carrie Colby, Cornbread, Jasmine Kennedy, and Bosco. The awardist will be back after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The Awardist. 
All right, folks, you know them. You, I, I hope and think you love them. Uh, they were some of the five most dynamic drag queens from season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race. And now they are in conversation with Joey Nolfi. Here they are, Willow Pill, Carrie Colby, Cornbread, Jasmine Kennedy, and Bosco. Today, we come to you from the Carrie Colby Cinematic Universe, <laughs> where we have assembled the Avengers of Drag, aka the largest cast of trans contestants ever to compete on RuPaul's Drag Race, here to discuss why season 14 was, no offense, um, to other shows, one of the most exciting Emmy-worthy TV events of 2022. Please welcome Miss Congeniality, Cornbread the Snack Jeté. <laughs> Harry Thanos Colby. That's <laughs> the government name. The <laughs> government name, honey. Jasmine Kennedy. Bosco. Yes. And our season 14 winner, Miss Willow Pill. Thank you all so much for being here. You all look lovely. Um, and as the internet has spoken, we really do owe everything to Carrie, don't we? We do. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> I, was, I don't know if I'll take everything. If but... I die, she has a stake in my life insurance claim, oh. essentially. So oh, that's how oh, we wow. do it. No, I was about to ask you about that. <laughs> about that now we know Carrie is Thanos, but I need to know in the KCU, who is everybody else? Which character is everybody else? Did someone do a pick, 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 your, pick your pick. I'm not gonna say a lot of you like I know what this stuff is. You know, <laughs> that's not even my expertise. Wrong flavor of gay. Yeah. I would say I'm Captain America. Or Mrs. Or Captain is it what's her name, America? I also I, I Wonder Woman. Yeah. 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 That is a whole different Genre, genre DC, you Marvel. are missing DC and Marvel. What's the mm. one? What's the girl that um? You're Captain Marvel. That thank you. Her. The short oh, hair. Three Larson. Three Larson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three Larson. The spicy one. I feel like I have been ooze. I have been ooze. Yeah. From Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> in the KCU, <laughs> apparently. Um, now, on a more serious note, we have had trans, queen on, trans queens on Drag Race before, but it was great to see, I think, the fandom and the show really uh, engage with season 14's trans contestants and storylines in such a big way this season. Um, from the Carrie memes to all of your individual stories and coming out, um, some on the show, some not. Um, how do you think season 14 impacted the legacy of what it means to be represented as trans on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Do it. I'm not taking Give it. Give him the top. Um, You're a top tier. We I, talk about this all the time. I'm a versatile opportunist. <laughs> We're neighbors, Carrie. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like this is a staple of, I think, what the legacy is going to continue to be. They made the decision to authentically, from the jump, let a trans person, trans woman, we already had our trans masculine moment, and um, they let me and, and Cornbread in the door, and we were able to, you know, not have to have that, like, is this a comfortable moment? Should I do this? Is it more comfortable? It's more like, no, give you. You're a woman, be a woman, show woman, give woman. And I think that it really spoke to when you allow someone to be authentic in a space and you give them the opportunity to share their story and connect with their sisters, you never know what really can happen. It is just infectious. And I, I know infectious is a little bit of a, a sensitive topic. We're 2022, only two years out. Uh, but, you know, it really does. It spreads like wildfire because honesty is just the most beautiful, liberating 
way to be. I always say they give us like Drag Race gave us our, our outlet, you know, for us to to be on a platform as drag artists. But I do give credit one hundred percent to the cast mm-hmm. for the inclusivity that happened on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, we got cast on Drag Race for our drag. The one that openly got cast as a trans woman on Drag Race was Carrie. I came out after we finished filming Drag Race, even though I started transitioning before Drag Race. These three came out on the show as well as after the show. Drag Race would not have this many trans representation people sitting on this couch if it wasn't for the people sitting here. They give us the outlet for everything. They've done so much for us. They back us up on it. They support us in it. But at the same time, you, the tens have to go to these people before anybody else because mm-hmm. they did it. You know, and it was the stories and the braveness of everybody after the season or during the season. So yeah, kudos to these. <laughs> it's very like, um, they'll give an inch and we're going to take a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like, I said one! <laughs> Before the next season airs, it'll be about 15 billion of them. Hello. Yeah. Oh, uh, season 14 all is all trans here. Yeah. It's actually mandatory next year. We haven't yeah, talked about sure. it yet. Yeah. But you have to be on hormones in order to get cast. Yeah. 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 I don't make the rules. If you said it's chocolate on Drag Race, you're trans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Oh, my God. Just name them up. Just, just, just one, two, three, four. Thank you. <laughs> I never said it's shocking. No, I'm kidding. Ah. I know we're doing this right because my ears are already ringing. I know we're doing this right very right. Um, now, I do think it was also, like you're saying, it was significant cornbread, Jasmine, Bosco, and Willow. You each had sort of public coming out moments, um, you know, that sort of breathed in their own right. They, You each had your time to shine. Um, so did you all coordinate this sort of coming out. I hate to call it like a schedule, but no, there was like a little bit of a schedule, wasn't there? Week after week after yeah. week, honey. It was weekly, but I don't think any of us kind of like said, oh, are you going to be talking about it this week or, or is this going to happen this week? I think everybody just kind of went with it at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody was just waiting in their own way to speak about it mm-hmm. and not necessarily like do it as a group because we all are talking about like you know our trans sister and things like that but our stories are a little different and individualized so i think it was really nice how it all panned out individually like literally week by week by week was me willow and Mm -hmm. um whatever her name (laughs) 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 and the other one but yeah, I think it was nice that we all had our little moment to tell it from our own story, but also connect our stories at the right. same time and for the audience. Yeah. So there was no, like, nobody was like talking to each other and saying, okay, well, you can go this time. You can get just like, sort of give it. <laughs> you can fly. Yeah, no. We all kind of went rogue. And I no, literally. Yeah, the way that producers would be calling us, I feel like you're all lying to us right now. No, we would literally. be like running it past them before. Just like I, I feel like this is like a season where like the girls really claimed their own narratives on their own terms. Um, there was like certain parts where obviously like it, it's a reality television show. It's television, so there has to be certain amounts of like production, fabrication, and judging. But we really all personally just took um, on our own narratives yeah. and really got to play our own part in our own stories. I told Carrie I was going to do it during the, um, when they put the pictures up, because I just knew I was going to make it there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when they put the pictures up, that was going to be my moment, because I wanted to get through Drag Race without having that be any part of 
what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go there and show my my style of drag because my style of drag is not necessarily what I want to present in my transness in my life. Now mm-hmm. that it's like meshing into one girl, I dress like this on a regular. Um, <laughs> So I was going to wait for the picture, and I was going to be like, you know what, I enjoyed it, I just want to tell that kid, and like, now's your mom. It's because I wanted to to live my authentic dream as a drag queen on the show, and then when I was talking to that picture, I was going to be like, you know what, this is my moment to express to people, it's, drag is what you do, it's not who you are, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. and I wanted that my whole t- entire trajectory to be that. Uh, my ankle and RuPaul had other plans. Um, yeah. But she was one of the people who like made me do it after I got off the show. RuPaul sat on the stage. I think we're all there. And she's like, I was like crying on the episode of the JLo episode. And she was like, there's something like, like in you that you need to, you need, there's some stuff you need to let go. And I was like, damn, RuPaul, girl, you must be saying that, girl. Cause clearly I was walking around the workroom with these titties out. So I didn't think, you know, but she was just telling me that. And then my ankle You're did like, like, like what? <laughs> I was going to wait to do it, but I got home and I ended up doing it. And I think I talked to Willow. We were talking to Willow. Somebody was like, oh, Willow, blah, blah, blah. I was like, child, Willow's a trans woman. She goes, no, oh, yeah. I was like, this is a whole woman here. And then like everything like took place. I was like, this is gaggy. Oh, sorry. You can no, go ahead. Jasmine. So, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. Why was this going to say? So there were like conversations that were sort of happening with everybody, oh, even if yeah. it wasn't on camera. And that's how the sisterhood sort of formed. Oh, yeah. We all talked yeah. and I talked about it almost every day on set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when the mics were on. Right. In the hot tub at the hotel. We're like, I don't know if I want to give them all this. Yeah. 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 Always a hot tub it conversation. It's bubbly, honey. Remember that one time you, you asked me a question on the first episode? And then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. my mic somehow was mysterious. I was like, you're like the Seattle greeting. Yeah. like, everybody's zodiac sign and pronouns. Please. Like, I'm not ready to talk about that. Yeah. Like, well, we're not going to talk about that. Right gonna, now, like, Cornbread, you want to say that again? Your mic was off. I was like, nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, but with Carrie and my talk conversation before, Bosco was actually on the other side of the room, and she actually was kind of in the conversation when we were talking, like working on the. It's actually the Glamazon Prime oh, wow. that I was working mm-hmm. on. And I remember making that god awful hat and like talking to Carrie, breaking down to her, like, I think I'm. Trans, I just want to like be like a pretty girl, things like that. And then, like, Bosco's like, Are we saying it on the show or no? Like, what's the <laughs> episode I come out and she was like I thought we were doing this Jasmine what's going on and it's like oh but yeah that was probably the only conversation I had off camera on set about this was the only conversation you had off camera the only one so Bosco was also the whisperer in some ways oh yeah I am like uh, I was like the voice of Carrie and like for sure <laughs> yeah she was like I feel like she was just she awesome right already she was like who's gonna say they trans cause I'm just, I'm just like, diving like, in honey she's ready to die yeah. Bosco is just from Seattle. This is for the <laughs> they they ask you about it's, it's in the coffee, It's in the rain. The rain in the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did interview most of you um, throughout this whole process, and you did, particularly you, Jasmine, yeah. you did cite Carrie very strongly as somebody oh, yeah. who played a big role for this oh, cornbread. Yeah. You also told yeah, me sure. um, that you don't consider Carrie to be your drag mom, but she is your trans mother. Right, so I'm just wondering the sort of distinction there in how you sort of see carry as this this guiding force on this process i mean for me specifically i do have a tr- drag mother who also is trans so i definitely have her statement as first you know she's always my forever but mm-hmm. carrie whenever i met her there was something about her regardless of what you were doing things like that she always made you feel 
uplifted and like as beautiful and as confident as you want to be regardless of the state I was in my transition like when I first started my HRT she's like baby you're looking great things like that each day and things like that she'll like check in on you and just like give you the confidence that like you know not everyone else is giving you those compliments and things like that but she's giving you the time and energy mm -hmm. to give you that and it's something she's not asking for anything back but she's doing it out of the kindness of her heart I stay I watching I feel like for me what I do and I've always been this way. I like to try to be that person that I kind of wish I had because I probably would have come out and transitioned a lot sooner if I felt like I have more support and not so much just like the do it, do it. I don't care how you do it, do it. But like more like the, you know, you're looking beautiful today. Are you making a decision? Or how are you feeling? You know what? You, I can see that you made that decision to, you know, not wear padding and to, and to do something different with your makeup. I noticed that. And I'm like, girl, and you look the fuck good because, well, sorry, I don't know if we, a lot of, my bad. I'm, I'm, I'm Have you seen Joey's Twitter? <laughs> The messiest Twitter you've ever seen oh, in your so life. It, it is a bit chaotic. It's an honor. Oh, thank you book. so much. Yes, She's the most viral run on this couch. Yeah, it's those little things that, like, you know, no one really thinks about besides ourselves. Like, maybe I'm going to go with a different lash shape. Will people notice? And I do tend to notice those things especially if I notice that it's bringing out the feminine in somebody and if I know that's where you are and what you're looking and where you're going I'm like oh I see it keep yeah. doing it you're doing the right thing and you're finding yourself and I think I've seen that through all of you ladies I have seen so much growth not just in drag not just in makeup and aesthetic but in energy and personality and honing and harnessing what I've seen was there from day one and I've seen it just blossom and grow and turn into such a beautiful flower and each one of y'all are just such unique like creations and I'm just like I just can't believe I get to see this so of course I gotta let y'all know honey yeah, it was I think Jasmine we have similar stories my drag mom is also trans as well and like one of my best friends and um we talked about our whole like trans journeys prior um she was, she was like do you ever feel like we just literally were running and sitting down and talking about how do we feel as a person and like how do we want to maneuver through life and um we both discussed our whole trans moment she started transitioning before me i was nowhere near ready like i was giving you like goatee you know point station moment you know, <laughs> oh, oh, me on a thursday because i've oh, got girl. a train uh, <laughs> if i show you my old picture you don't even know like and so carrie and i met um, randomly at a club i tell the story all the time um and then we became really good friends from there very close um i have i'm a firm believer that there's mothers in multiple ways. My drag mom is my trans mother as well. I do believe Carrie plays a part in that whole entire trans mother thing as well for the sense of it was more so on the guidance of you're already, you've been doing this. I have not been doing this. I know what I want. Let me just go ahead and like push forward. So Carrie got me through a lot. We talk, have, I'm Carrie's counselor. Carrie's my counselor. I'm probably, I'm pretty sure I'm more of Carrie's <laughs> counselor than she is <laughs> on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. Um, but it's like the whole, like, trans, and even for like me and Bosco, our relationship got stronger after the show because we're both competitive people and we just want to like throw marbles on the floor each other in the competition. Yeah. But we ah! didn't have to. They didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't have to. It was duck tag. Um, but her and I talked so much more after the show and about like transitioning and just like living life and like moments that we have. So you learn lessons from each one of these people. Willow is literally the 
the reason why, like, now, like, when I went on Drag Race, my whole purpose was like, okay, I'm going to go here, I'm going to win. I was listening to everyone else, meeting Willow, talking to Willow there on the show. I was like, bitch, I want to do what the fuck I want to on this show. And that's what inspired my drag after the show. Like, you know what? Do what you want to do as Cornbread when you leave. Same with Jasmine. I called Jasmine when we were at a, a gig. Uh, I was at a gig in South Carolina. Yes. And there was this person who reminded me of Jasmine. And it was just like, <laughs> and I, I, I was patient and I calmed myself and I talked to him. I said, Jasmine, I met someone just like you today. And I said, and you taught me a lesson to know how to interact with people. So I felt like there's little mothers in each spot of the people here. Carrie's just, just the one, you know. Who's the most push the tits. level high? <laughs> 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 Not push the tits. <laughs> done it to me too. Very much. She's like, come here. Everybody on this couch is insane. <laughs> and I, your relationship with Willow was so strong that you actually, the tattoo, the infamous yeah. tattoo, I mean, I love that. Have you gotten the cornbread tattoo yet? She's not allowed. No? Well, no. She's saying it's what? No? I mean, I'll just get a broken ankle on my and I believe it. Um, no, but it was one of the, it, my tattoo wasn't like necessarily like, oh, let's get matching tattoos. Yeah. Like I fucking live for the, it's just, it's literally moments and pieces. I keep telling everybody, I have so many tattoos that I'm getting like those season 14 like representation that no one knows. Well, it's just the first one, this is like the strongest relationship that I had out of everyone. Um, but we talked about I'm getting a Divine tattoo on my leg and Divine's going to have Bosco's eyebrows. So it's like a little hit moments oh, like oh that. Oh my God. Like, like that that I'm going to go through. Uh-huh. It's just Willow's moment and I on the show just shifted my yeah. life in like a completely different way. It's more so do what the fuck you want to or do what you want to and not ask for any excuses behind it. And I think that bond just became something way more um, you know, it's like smack a tattoo in your leg. It wasn't yeah. getting permission from her and say, let's get matching ones. I just said, hey, bitch, I'm going to do this. She's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I did. And I got it. And here it is. So. Well, Willow, you did tell me also in um, our interview that we did after you came out um, publicly that you had sort of been out in um, smaller circles for a while before. So I'm wondering, and, and you had some really interesting things to say about the fluidity of gender and how it's constantly a cycle of just learning every day. Um, so I'm wondering how the experience of being on the show influenced that journey for you because it was a very complex one I know that you told me yeah you know it's weird I'm sure so many girls here can attest to this it's it's very bizarre to watch yourself on screen and watching myself was part of the reason that I was like oh I think I'm more trans than I thought because I was really not liking what I was seeing and it was beyond just like not feeling confident yeah. And how I looked, it was like, oh, I hate that I look like a boy. Yeah. Right now. Well, it's in my Sort of But I just couldn't, yeah, I couldn't watch it. And it's hard to watch it now still. And I was like, oh, if it bothers me this much, and if looking in the mirror every day bothers me this much, I've got to do something to change it. Because that just sets your day up for failure. Already, if you're looking in the mirror, you're just like, ugh, why? And uh, so I was like, I've got to, I've got to do something, and I've got money now. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a lot of love and support, so I hope that that is you you feel that for sure. And I, I started getting some surgery and some procedures and that just felt so right and I was like well if it feels right then I'm just going to keep going this way she and is natural <laughs> okay <laughs> handled and uh, yeah and it, it just keep going in the direction that feels good and it's, it still feels good so right. keep doing it no, I love that now we are discussing all of this um, in a political landscape that feels like it is 
regressing in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's threat of banning children from drag shows. Uh, there's ongoing debate about trans rights in sports. Um, so even though we went from winning or from Kylie winning All-Star 6 to the largest cast ever of trans queens to be on Drag Race. Um, how important is representation on this stage, even though society and politics in the quote-unquote real world do feel like they are regressing on a macro level? I think there's been a lot of things in the last year and a half that has been clearly going back, even probably before 2016, I would say, before uh, Voldemort got elected. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, what, is, what we've been seeing is these red states kind of using their in-state power that they have and kind of taking away all the local abilities. And instead of, I mean, Joe just signed an executive order to stop some of it. First so name basis. Right. <laughs> right. He gets, he gets the first name. But he, like, there are still things that we can do and government and things like that that are not helping us right now. And the fact that we're so regressive in a time that we have so much trans, you know, coverage on the media and like actually having like a seat at the table and the fact that government wants to you know make a decision about if your kids can play sports together or if you know you have to have children's privates checked to play a sport like we've gone such to a place almost if you really do look at this i don't care that i'm saying this it is going almost to a like anarchy totalitarianism a fact where like we have no control on what we say anymore and it's getting really scary when you have a point of view you speak so eloquently thank you well politics are really I'm shocked that I'm saying that but I was like really enjoying listening to you speak about that politics That's is my favorite thing to saying. talk about it's be the one That's thing that I paid attention thank you it's the one thing I paid attention to out of college when I dropped out was because I gotta stay in the I do think like with the platform like and visibility increasing so does the target on our back. Mm -hmm. I do think like all of these arguments against and all of these different like talking points, they're just recycled. They've reused the same exact talking points against like a minority group every single like decade or so. They just change it. And like, I feel like after like a certain tipping point of trans visibility, they're like, oh, they're the most vulnerable now. They're the ones that we can like distract people with because it's all a distraction. They don't, they're, they're just using us as their like weird talking point to distract people from what even really like, doing. yeah, from what they're really doing. Like they're just using social issues to distract poor people from the, what, what they're, they're doing we're fiscally. What they're, we're what and their sponsors don't want, you know, yeah, people that pay their campaigns don't We're the scapegoat and it's just disgusting and it's crazy. But I do think us being on television, making our way into everyone's living room every single week has power to it. Yes. And like, I, I, I can speak for like all of us, like, the amount of people that, like, you get to meet on a daily basis that will just, like, come up to you and be like, my child is trans, I'm trans. Yeah. People will, like, burst into tears. Just being able to see somebody who, like, represents who they are and, like, their demographic on television. And, like, I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. So it's very, very cool that we get to provide that. But it does come with that weird ebb and flow yes. of visibility, target on the back. Yeah. I don't think he's so happy just listen to y'all. <laughs> I love it. No, but I'm just going to tease him like a kid again. Like, oh my God, y'all sound so great. I think representation has changed in the direction of the people that are the representation. Prior to this, it was like, okay, we belong in the room. We want to show you that we can be normal too. Now representation has become so much of 
girl, we're here and you might be mad at it because we want to do whatever we want to and how we want to. And I think that's my favorite part about it. There cannot be a more rainbow effect of different styles of trans people on this couch right now. And everybody is so different in the most <laughs> extreme race. It makes no sense. Like, I'm obsessed with it. And it's one of those things where it's like, now it's not like, okay, I have to be this way. And I have to make you think that I am a woman. And I have to make you think that this is how women act. It's like, no, girl, I am trans. I am trans in my own truth of how my trans is going to be. And it's going to be extreme. Like, it's it's a different way of it. So I'm really enjoying the route that 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 it's taken for people who are representation. Not just trans people, but people of color. I'm like, baby, I'm going to give you my my Latin my heritage, you know? If I'm black, I'm going to be as black as possible. You're going to get it. I'm not going to try to shape myself for what I want to be. And that's what I'm enjoying about representation just across the board. Girl, give give your authentic self. So, instead of authenticity, it's the key. Hands down. I mean, and what I feel like, yes, you know, the cast of season 14 great for representation, but in what ways do you think everyone watching um, the show can sort of make sure that positive change continues to happen in their lives? Because, I mean, there's a difference in watching a show, seeing representation, internalizing that, and then where does it go from there, do you think, for people watching at home? I mean, personally, on all my shows I do when I have people, because they like to get riled up, they like to see the fantasy, they like to see what we do. We're very entertaining, we're very, you know... Uh, we are drag queens, but we're, we're something, you know, different, something beautiful, something captivating, something enthralling. So I tell them, you know, in, in the minute of them being all hyped up, like, how y'all feeling? They're always like, yeah, 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 yeah. And my next comment always is, okay, so every single person in this room, you know, because there's a good amount of people there. I'm like, y'all see this? Y'all feel that this is love? But the love does not just end in the bar. It doesn't just end at the venue. It doesn't just end at the show where you see a girl give you a moment of performance. If you support and you love and you like and you enjoy what's going on and you want people to be able to continue to do that safely, and there's a lot of places at stake right now more than ever where they're trying to do these little things that no one notices if you're not paying attention in the polls, if you're not paying attention in legislation, if you're not paying attention. And it comes from a lot of different places. You really have to pay attention to you know, your groups of people that you love, yourself and, and your family and your people around you. And I say, you know, if this is what matters to you and this is what you love and this is what you're giving your money, your time, your energy to, I need to see this exact same energy at the polls because you cannot just go to a show where, you know, yes, we might perform, but we are not just Beyonce. You know, you don't just come and see the, oh, yeah, Beyonce, well, whatever Beyonce did, that was great. Now I'm leaving, going home. You need to be impacted, affected, and take that and put your money where your mouth is, put your heart where your mouth is, put your vote where your mouth is, and look for opportunities where, you know, if you see that you can help make a positive impact, it is a splash and a puddle in a very big ocean, but ripples happen and tsunamis happen because of these things, you know, and it's, it's very, very important more now than ever because, you know, a lot of times we will go to states, like I've been to a few red states recently, and you can just almost feel the desperation amongst the, the people that we go to, to, to see. And people are very, very emotional, crying, almost shaking. And it's not necessarily who you are. It's about the fact that, like, um, I went to Lubbock recently. Mm. There's a lot of things going on over in Lubbock. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a lot of people that, you know, being queer is almost a personal attack, like we were saying, target yeah. on your back every day. And these are the targets that feel like they are just walking to a gas station, walking to a library, walking to school. They really are 
potentially just getting completely in danger's way. So when they see us, it almost is a lifeline. It's a beacon of hope. And I'm like, we got to keep that alive because you should not feel like walking out of your house and living is a privilege and a you're, you're lucky to get home without potentially being followed or being attacked or, you know, all this crazy stuff. And, and I'm glad that we're able to use our platforms to not only bring awareness, but to kind of rile people up because people love to get excited, but they just let that excitement die because all they wanted was to be entertained. And I feel like we, especially being the panel that we are right now, we represent so much more than booties and titties shaking and, and good music and a great performance that, you know, you tip when you see it. We represent a future and we represent the right to exist. And not just be known as the artist and the and and the you know individual and this outlandish person, but we represent an entire group of people that deserve to live and live comfortably. Amen. So what I just heard was a State of the Union address from Harry Twenty Twenty Four. When is the campaign start? You know, Miss Tranos be Tranos, and I don't know what to say. Tranos be Tranos. She's ready for the presidency. Before we get into the fun stuff on season yes. 14, um, I just want to know, what would you like to see next step going forward for trans contestants on Drag Race? And do you think season 14 sort of paved the way for that change to happen? I don't think we've paved the way. I think there's been every season that anybody has represented themselves has slightly put a little, we just built the road. So there's a road that is already being built. There's a bridge that's already being built. We just added another piece to it. You know, it takes more than just one person slapping a bridge together. You know, it, it takes somebody designing it. It takes someone putting the bolts and the screws and someone actually building it. There's a team process. Uh, there's this thing going around that everybody always talking about some doors opening, doors opening, doors opening. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things Jeff can catch me up with all the time. Um, doors open, doors open, doors open. I don't think it's one of those things where this season 14 did not open the doors no. for anybody. Oh, you know, yeah. we just had Gia Nobody was Gia. Gia built this visual bridge on her own. But it's definitely one of those moments to where, like, if there's a door that needs to be open, season 14, just put the welcome mat on the ground. Somebody else is going and twist the knob and, and keep it going in that sense. I just want Drag Race to continue to go, but I don't want it to be a shocking headline that there's trans contestants on there. It's, that should not be the headline. You know, the headline should be something shocking like there's a straight man on Drag Race. You know, um, now there's like five straight women on Drag Race. But, um, <laughs> that, you know, that should be the shocking thing, you know. It's such a thing to where it's become, I think in the public's eye, pushing this more than anyone, that there are two black people on there and there are two Latin people and there's like one Asian representation and then there's blah, 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 blah. And I hate the thing of, oh, we haven't had a trans winner yet. Oh, we haven't had a, a plus size winner yet. Or we had this. It's take that out of it. And I think in order to make this normal and to make this a normal thing, stop pushing that to the front of it, you know? Uh -huh. Let us go on there as trans contestants and kick ass. Let me go on there as a fat contestant, and I can stay fat because I am that. Let me go on there as a fat contestant and kick ass. Not necessarily making being trans the headline. No, it should be normal. Yeah, if we want things to be normal, stop making it such 
a not normal thing yeah, from I here would, on out. I'd love to get to a place where trans people on the show and then any media representation it's just right. no longer have to be educators. Yeah, yep. because it's exhausting stuff yeah. to do, mm-hmm. and it's uh, kind of a burden that is uh, kind of placed. You know, upon. yeah, yeah, yeah placed really on unwillingly. So it'd be great to just get to a place where trans people can be other things mm-hmm. and other parts of themselves besides educated. Yeah. Yeah, we also don't have all the answers either. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, but we're educated about how to do this. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's like, it's, I mean, someone's individual truth has to be found in their own. You only can do so much to, mm-hmm. you know, give them to like, this is the way, you know? But, yeah. I think the only yeah. way that this is going to work is if we have a season where everybody is either trans or forced to transition right. on the show. <laughs> and that is the equity oh, that I am looking yeah. for. And and you're, if you're you are not on hormones, We've talked about this earlier. We've talked about it again because I want, I am plugging for the full old trans season. What I've seen cast. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only way to make sure that like we don't we don't care anymore. Team, it's like yeah, all stars. Just yeah. get it out of their system. <laughs> no, but is it it's, uh, the whole educated thing? We're ed- educated more than um, heterosexuals too. We're actually educating people in this community too because oh, homos. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. learn too. It's yeah, not just yeah. the heteros or yeah. the um, ones who got a little taste of the pizza now they're acting crazy. Yeah, the um, gays are famous. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's more than just that. But I'm leaving. Sometimes I feel like it is. It is our own people in our Alphabetia that sometimes turn their the biggest back on us and that's the biggest slap in the face that we could have because we all are a community and we we do need no shakes we taught them too yeah yeah a lot of what they do came from the dolls dolls. i don't know if any of you you have noticed this but like once you started transitioning i've noticed a shift in my friend groups in terms of like the like the gays that used to hang out with before to the gays that hang out with or the queer people that i hang out with now Mm -hmm. because like i shifted into like my own being and like i may have been fitting their mold in the beginning but like now i don't like set that mode. I'm like, Mama, you missed it all this to hang out with it, but that's cool. So it's very interesting to see when you're doing things on your own path, how the community also comes up. So Joe, you just need to schedule a panel to where we have like these kinds of discussions because yeah. I thought this would be great. Yeah. We're gonna talk. Good. This is yeah. good. This is a good little sit-down. Yeah, we'll fuck you up. This should be, be you know, a weekly, monthly check-in. A weekly, monthly week. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hang out with you. I'll clear my schedule. Let's do at least twice a year. I cannot hang out with you. Twice a year? Yeah, I can't see y'all. Bi-annually. Well, this is going to be the press conferences when it's the Kerry Colby presidency. Yeah, I mean, oh I can't be a part of it. If they search my record, I'll go back. If they look on my record, it's a wrap. Kerry getting kicked out of the house. I'm getting kicked out of the house before they even allow me to campaign. Hell no, baby. Do not look up that alt Twitter. Not the alt Twitter. Oh, my God. Well... Cornbread, you beat me to it. I was Let's going to start talking about Maddie. All Twitter? Not all Twitter. Maddie, I know you wish Maddie had an all Twitter. Um, because <laughs> you, text you, yeah, well, That's true. Um, you did fall in love um, on this season, so I want to hear a little bit about that. Are the winning Maddie. plans um, in the works? Like It's crazy because I, got, I was, you know, me and Maddie, like, you know, fell in love in my head on the show. And then I met his girlfriend. Oh. And um, honestly, I'm just going to leave Maddie for for her. She's, <laughs> like, she's like oh, the she's greatest so human. Like, so, like, she recently. 
is like sickening. So they stayed at my house um, like a week ago, two weeks ago. Because um, like, uh, man, I was like, I want to come to LA perform. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, I can talk to some people before, you know. I was like, I want her to perform too. So I ended up getting her some stuff and like pushing her to the right people. And they just stayed at my house and um, I was like, man, y'all go do what you want to do. Me and her, we got a nail sound together. We kick in like have fun. I take people's spouses and like relationships. But I can tell you now, we're at the club um, together and I took her, um, her. I keep my boyfriend at away home. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't get to come on the road anymore I after I saw Everybody's it's my favorite. I literally snatched. Uh, we were all in the club together. It was Bosco and Manny and I. We're just sitting there, and I just took their partners and ran off. Because <laughs> you got the tea. Yeah, no, we should okay. be kicking it. We yeah, me and Maddie sitting there like, yo, yeah. And I'm just like, time to go. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, his girlfriend is definitely my favorite. She's obsessed with her. I am so like, I had this whole fantasy in my head of Cornbread and Maddie, and no, we're still gonna be together. But I'm only yeah. getting with him just to get to his girlfriend. Okay, it's a throwback. It's a throwback. I'm all about a good throw behind you. You find, you find you a good partner or somebody, you just snatch up and lick them both. We've seen y'all make that video. But no, it's one of those things where um, <laughs> Cousin Carrie made that way. Uh, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just went up with but it's one of those things though I always see that people's partners away because like my drag mom had like a lot of notability or notoriety whatever you call the word before I was like a drag queen or like popular and I know I felt for people to like walk in the middle of me and her talking and turn it back to me to have a conversation with her and I know how hard it is for us to be in the club we cannot deny the people that walk up to us because it becomes such a thing. However, Cornbread is known for like, girl, listen, I'm going to keep it to you real. Give me a moment. I'm talking to somebody. While they're enjoying themselves, I take partners away and I go enjoy, I have conversations with them and to make sure they're like in the mix of it all too because I know we all have a duty we're in the club. I live in LA. They all know me. Duty. Um, they all know me in LA. They don't know the people that just show up. So I snatch them away. Let's go have fun. Let's go take shots and kick it. So I feel like my civic duty. Because the real yeah. like unspoken here. For sure. No, this legit my family. I think the real unspoken heroes of like a lot of us are kind of our partners, at least mm -hmm. like, for me and you. I know like they are the ones that, you know, are like making sure this is happening 24 7 on the back end, you know, from. My partner does not do any of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. no. Baby, he My partner watches the animals. Yeah, yeah. And that's all he needs to do. Right. So but they take care of all the stuff that we can't necessarily take care of as we used to, and that is always something like. I mean, my boyfriend have a conversation about this all the time where, you know, he feels invited in the club and things like that. But when it comes to like recognizing him and like respecting him, he's never had the same amount unless I'm with him. Mm -hmm. So it's really an interesting dynamic when we're going out and yeah. we're going off topic and like that happens to like your partner or something or other. And, you know, just like watching it. It's not the best, you know, I want to make everyone feel good. Yeah, yeah I did not see this question going. Yeah, no, we yes. went from that yeah. to drinking yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah. 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 You about the wrong group. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> we segue. I think it was about Matt. <laughs> so you did it. I, it's my fault, always. Um, I understand that Maddie also recently helped you through a second ankle injury, I think I saw yeah. on Twitter. So what was the story there? So uh, we were going to the gig. Um, I'm very, like, I rush. If it's not last minute, then I'm not going to be doing it correctly. Um, and I was walking out of the house. Literally, there was no stairs in front of my door. And um, I was like, unsupported shoes. And I rolled my ankle again. And it was the same exact, like, sensation that I felt on the first, I rolled my ankle on the first episode of Drag Race, by the way. It just, I stayed on it the entire time. Oh, wow. Um, but so that twist kept, um, it, I felt it, I knew. I was like, oh, man, I was like, this is exactly how I felt on the show. Oh, do you want to do the show? I'm like, yeah. So I went to the gig, Adrenaline, 
as soon as I took the shoe off and got in the car and like got back home, I tried to walk and I couldn't do it. And so Maddie was there for lucky for that day and like got me through, you know, helping me, um, like, you know, healed up and like doing all my little walking and stuff for me. But yeah, it's the same angle. So it's like a lot, a little bit weaker than usual. Yeah. Two days and it was back to normal mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, um, I'm just careless as they are. I mean, and after that first ankle in- injury, you you did announce that you weren't returning for season 15, mm-hmm. and you said in an interview that you'll finish transitioning, pursue acting, and you might take a break from drag. Yeah. Um, Willow, you also said something similar in our winter interview. You said you might think about phasing out of drag a little bit. Um, so do you both still feel that way, that maybe phasing out of drag is the and pursuing other endeavors is the direction that you want to go? I think... Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm making a lot of money from drag right now. Stick around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, th- there is kind of a desire to, to phase out of drag. I've done drag for a while now, and um, it's, you know, loads of fun. It's a great way to get out my creative energy. But, you know, I'm tired. I'm real tired. Yeah. And uh, I think I'd like to get to a place where I'm just doing it less and less until eventually I'm just... Uh, gardening mushrooms. Hello, oh, yeah. I'll come over and help. I think I'm in the same, but I think it's just the wording of everything has just been like, oh. So it's like, drag is going to always be a part of my life. When I say I'm weeding away from drag, it's in the sense of bars and clubs. Yeah. Okay. Knowing this, I've, I've sent opera for 18 plus years. I've acted. This is my thing. This is what I do on the normal. So I think people have to understand like, drag is an outlet and it's a platform. People think your life stops at the drag race you've made it. No, it's your job to keep going. My trajectory in life is okay. I made the money from it, what I needed to do. Now I can afford to get the surgeries I want to get in my transitions. And once I look like how I want to look like, then I can go to auditions for more film stuff. I want to be on musicals. I want to be on Broadway. Those are things that I want to do. And I think telling people that you want to take a step back from drag gets confused in their mind. It's yeah. not me saying I'm quitting drag. Cornbread's going to always be a part of me. Cornbread's going to always be probably booked before Demoria is because of the name Cornbread. However, I don't want to go travel and do bars and clubs every day. That's not where my spirit wants to be years from now. It's draining. If you spend 10 hours in a fucking airport, just go to do a gig for two hours to go back to an airport to go for, you know, that's a lot. Um, so when I say I'm stepping back 100%, um, if opportunities arise, of course I'll do it. But at the same time, surgeries and healing stuff takes time and you need to take a step back from drag to support Demoria. If there's no Demoria, there's no drag. If there's no Demoria, there's no cornbread. If Demoria's not happy, I'm not about to pretend to be happy for all of y'all. I'm second and hiding my emotions. So I need to go fix this, uh, thunder all of this before I can present something to you. How are you going to be representation and lying to yourself? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, take your time and do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Over it. I still, yeah, I still want to do some acting and writing some series right now. And I still want to do those creative things. Yeah. But it takes so much emotional energy, and also you give up a lot of yourself yeah. mm-hmm. to do drag. And right now, especially with transitioning and um, you know being at a weird stage in my life, I need more more to give myself, and I haven't given myself a lot. Self care yeah. is yeah, so important yeah. in this stage, like, yeah. and it can't even be like expressed enough. Like, mm-hmm. and we forget that because. You kind of do become a servant to the people in a way because, you know, we love our supporters, we love Mm -hmm. our fans. They are the reason we're able to do what we do. But 
when you get so sidetracked on taking care of them, making sure they're happy, making sure you're fulfilling what they need here and there as a whole, like for venues and all this stuff, you literally completely just start treating yourself like a dog. Absolutely. Right? I live out childhood trauma every single meet and yeah, greet. Yeah. And not saying that's like a terrible thing and it is draining, but at the same time, you're meeting someone who you've inspired through your story and who you've helped. And I refuse to not help that person at that moment. However, if I'm doing six shows a week, that's six times at a minimum that I'm reliving that moment, which I'm like, you know, over or getting past. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, so much. And it's like, also, I'm with the word, it's the empathy. I'm going to snatch what you're giving. If you're feeling some kind of way about it, I feel terrible that I cannot save you. And so... Continue to tell me your stories, and I, I want to be that beacon of hope, and I would love to talk to you about it. But it's like I'm also one of those people. Like I, I'm one of the I just talk shit to these people all the time, but I will give literally anything I have to any human being. So if I can't save you at that moment, it kicks my ass, and that's you knowing cornbread. And cornbread has to be like this for you, but the more is an inside like crushing because it's like, damn, I know what you've been through. I can't save you, and yeah, it's like. So it's one of those moments to where it's like, I enjoy drag 100%. Those meet and greets are my favorite thing on the planet. I like meet and greets more than half the time perform because I get to know someone. But at the same time, I'm getting drained. And if I can't help you, then it's just making me demean. Yeah. So we got to take care of our, our at home before mm-hmm. we can build anybody's yeah. foundation for sure. I think that's an important distinction to make that it's not necessarily the art form. It's the sort of circuit and yeah. everything yeah. going around it. Um, I think also part of your evolution, Miss Bread, um, before we move yeah. on to a different topic, Hocus Pocus 2, yeah. what can you tease? Um, Sarah Jessica Parker over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're right. We're so right. Little children. No, um... I'm in it. Um, yeah. But it's like, everybody's like hyping it up so much. But it's like, I am. I got no. I got no TV and I know film. So we have like one or two of good three lines maybe. All those lines can be chopped out. But I'm on that stage and, like, <laughs> and I got the check for it, girl. That's all that matters okay. to me. Um, well, as I was saying, um, we're uh, we're. I'm not going to tell the scene because I don't want to screw anything up. But there's a whole moment to where we are there with all the witches and um, we're like taking a little break. So there was, I'm there with um, Ginger and um, and Kamora, Kamora Hall. And they go, um, they go, um, yeah, um, it's so great that we have two people from Drag Race. And they're like, one local queen because no one knew I was on Drag Race yet. Because, oh. I, um, no one knew. are talking about Kamora. I'm so bad. Go wait in the hallway. <laughs> but like no one knew because literally two weeks after we were released from being in public, oh, like, that's when I went to go film Hocus Pocus. I just said that. I mean, there's nothing I'm gonna do about it now. But like, yeah, I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, so they all thought I was like a local queen. And so Catherine and Jamie goes up and she goes, well, one day I hope you're on Drag Race. I'm like, yeah, me just. I know RuPaul personally. I'm the reason Bob got on the show. I'm gonna call RuPaul about you. I go, Catherine, you know what, baby? Don't do that. Don't do that. Hello. <laughs> no, I appreciate your help. Like, don't do that. Like, don't do that. I'm gonna call her. I'm like, no, girl, no, we good. I was gonna tell her one day, one day, one day. And none of them knew. And then the director messaged me after the announcement. He goes, girl, you want to drive this the whole time? I was like, yeah. But I couldn't say anything because it wasn't announced. Yeah. But she was gonna help me. But I was like, baby, you'd be screwing me over if you made that phone call. So don't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's exciting. I'm like, super thrilled. It's gonna be fun. What a fun story. A lot of freaking fun. I love that. I'll show you pictures on the side. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
Um, no, we don't want. We definitely don't want drama with Disney, so we'll move on from that. But we do need no. to talk we about. No, no, Yes, we are. We do need to talk about um, the best drama of the season. It wouldn't be an Emmy-worthy run without some workroom and untucked banter. We love from Drag Race and three of the ladies on this couch provided lots of it. Um, particularly Jasmine, you kept the untucked crown in New York City I after Casey Muse. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, many did note that season thirteen felt like a real sister and that there wasn't, I mean, after Candy and Tamisha, there wasn't a lot of drama on season 13. So did you sort of find yourself leaning more into the dramatic elements of your personality to, like, make good television? Oh, no. I was, that's me full of just, <laughs> yeah. just Like this um, on a regular. Yeah, which is a little insane. Locked this girl in a hotel room, that's how she is. <laughs> <laughs> Very lucky scroll in a hotel room. I really didn't do anything. If I, I've always said, and I said this on the show, if I have something I'm feeling some type of way, or if I just have a statement, I usually say it. Nine times out of ten, it's me thinking it and just letting it out. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't necessarily work in an environment where everyone's so stressed and, like, one opinion of something can kind of just, like, rock your whole world or your whole day and, like, really get you going. So, um... I definitely think watching it, I realized how each episode there was a way that like, you know, I could be you know, digging it in a little bit more and things like that. But I wasn't like going there like, oh, I'm going to be the job of the season. Honestly, yeah. I went there. I'm going to be completely honest. I went there I was like, I'm probably not going to win this season because like, you know, in general, it's like, you know, I'm the only girl representing New York City. And I'm also not like the best known New York City girl. So I was like, I'm going to go in there and I you know what I'm best for is my personality and my dance. That's basically what they showed. So, my mouth and me dancing. So, that's kind of what I went into the season with. Mm -hmm. You know, just to try to be as bubbly and as personable in the interviews as I could. Mm -hmm. And just be myself in the room. Yeah. yeah. Well, you definitely entertained a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's crazy because I think me and Jasmine's dynamic was completely different than this fandom takes anything and they run with it. Um, we have to realize this. Me and Jasmine's conversations and and a little heated moment was never me attacking Jasmine's drag. It was never me attacking Jasmine's person and just as a whole. I never told them. I just literally sat at the and we we were sitting at the table. All of us around us. I was behind everyone. Mm -hmm. I said nothing. I was like, you know what? I said a lot these last episodes. I'm gonna let these girls have their moment. Jasmine brought me up in the I situation. Did. I literally and that's why I explained to her. Yeah. And I was like, listen. Okay. Conversations. It has to go this way. Even us on the team, she did get on my because I was like, girl, Jasmine, but I knew from the jump when Willow picked me and I knew Jasmine, I was like, Jasmine's about to pick up. I will say, and I know she did it on Things where it's like, okay, listen, you know the route that it's gonna go. She's gonna pick this team, she did it for a purpose. Ain't been no drama, there's moments. I deliberately roll my eyes so motherfucking slow because I find the camera on the side. I say, you know what, girl, we already in and now, Miss Jazz, let's just let's do it. Our argument situation probably lasted all of five to yeah, 15 yeah. seconds. She was getting on my nerves a little bit, and then from there, it jumped to like, all right, let's work, right. let's do this, let's let's get. And this was like, no get gag, this is the damn team. Oh, my God, my name's Georgia. 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 Yeah. So they all know I'm not lying. Um, it was one of those moments where they chopped it how they need. There was no drama on Drag Race no. before Jasmine and I had our moment. Yeah. There was no heated situation. But also, it's TV magic. It's a thing of everyone in the season knew I was leaving. 
for my ankle because we were already done. So, like, when we're filming, right, and they edit things after the show's done, there's so much of cornbread you're going to have to get in here because cornbread's about to be gone. Does that make sense? So, it's like, we're on the show, right? We're filming. Once we leave, everybody here knows I'm leaving because of my ankle. So, it's like... Mm -hmm. The show put so much of me in those first episodes because I am gone. Gotcha. And Jasmine just had to be, was happened to be a part of my story mm-hmm. that was okay. there at that moment in time. It's just the fandom takes things so completely wrong. I never told Jasmine anything about her performance. I never told her that, she, you know, how she wore her clothes on the runway. I never argued with her. That wasn't my, um, my battle. That was somebody else. It was, group it was just a whole effort of that. And everybody else was saying Jasmine talked a lot too. Yeah. I'm the one that approached you because I'm not about to see me and lie to you. I'm going to tell you to your face if you like it or not. And I want you to do the same to me. I'm going to say, listen, girl, this is what the tea is. I'm not with the fake bull. Let's get it done. There's a lot of big personalities. There's a lot of plus size people. There's a lot of black people who get afraid to go on drag race and say what they want to because they're afraid of how the fans going to treat me. I don't care. You're going to get what you get from me. And I know my drag and my personality is going to speak for herself. So I had to tell her, as a friend, as a sister on this show, girl, this is what you're giving. And after that, child, the whole world started seeing it. And I think, I think you were created in a laboratory to be on television. Yeah. I think you're an evil genius. You're actively lying right now. Absolutely. Jasmine does not have a singular nasty bone in her body. She is one of the nicest, kindest people on our cast, but she has a nose for drama that cannot be denied. There was, if there was some sort of drama in the room, you could bet that Jasmine had figured out, like, okay, I'm save that for camera. Your mic's not on. I will do that. I Is she being herself? Absolutely. Is yeah. she is an evil she genius? Was, yes. Yeah. That too. Do I know when like this is a good moment to put it in? It's like I remember Bosco was doing something in the makeup and she kept on saying it and they're like, oh they didn't pick it up. I said, no, say it again, because it's a really good <laughs> It was very much yeah. They talked about this. Should we talk about this on the episode? No, Jasmine, sit back. Yeah. But what we had a conversation with Jasmine, sit yeah. your ass back. So who do you think should have gone? Jasmine, if we produce <laughs> one more time, we're gonna have a problem. That wasn't even a conversation yeah. that we were having. That's Jasmine on the spare all day. I just have asking all the questions, like the really like rapid questions that everyone's like probably thinking. The, the ones we didn't want to answer because the producers were finally leaving us alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, we were like trying to go to the so hotel. How do you feel like, about like, hiking up Snatch Game for the yeah. first person out of Seattle to do so? I'm like, how do you representing New York without a bitch? Okay, my favorite thing though, I may or may not have said this before, but Bosco after Snatch Game because I really like Yeah. Because I was so like, I was like, God, I think I did good, right? Did I do good? I'm like, please tell me be honest. She said, do you want me to be honest? Oh, no. I said it was bad. Wasn't oh, it? She's no. like, I said, well, let's hope my outfit saves it. And oh. she was like, I hope so too, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gently reminding, like, I think all of us should know our words after that sure. one. Yeah. I think we should all have a good grasp of what these lyrics are. Yeah. And then Deja did it. Oh, wait. Never mind. That was fine. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, one of these fun. secret whisperings of Bosco behind the scenes that I have never heard. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Also, I am also, also a shit. She also, like, I'm the one in the She's the one in the I told Bosco first episode when we walked in the room together, I said, oh, you're going to be trouble, huh? She listened to, she was listening to little snarky stuff I was saying. And she said one too. If you watch the first episode and people walking in, we're looking at each other saying the shadiest Oh, yeah. And we were packing the fuck up. We were terrible people. 100%. This one's evil. What I want to know is why nobody started tried to start with Willow and Carrie. Did you all just know better to not do that? Because no, we didn't see anything with them. I told Willow she had comfy couture when she walked in. What do you mean? This is the first person I bothered when they walked into the room. 
<laughs> and I talk shit to this one on the regular. Oh, that corner we had over there? Carrie, I always got it. But it's I was just, always getting that. It's specific energies, though. Yeah. Certain people give that. They're so damn neutral to it that it's like it's not a thing that's going to... And that's going to happen. And, and also, they weren't in my way for anything, so no. I didn't have to. <laughs> and I think half the set knew if you fuck with Willow, I'd be your So it was yeah. like, we were good. And it was very, it was very, I think it was very that. Also, Willow there was very in her own, you know, avenue and sense of like, I'm focusing about myself. Like nine times out of ten, like when we'd be working on group things or things like that, she would probably be alone in her workroom, like focusing on what's happening so i definitely noticed that and also carrie everyone came to her for the advice this season or things like that and she yeah. also was like you know the mother of the cast of the sense where everyone came I to added her advice to everything yeah she just came in and judged it a little bit you know? i was like we could do a little hair here we could yeah. do this we could do that so they couldn't really pick carrie, me apart in your I, put your own hair I also <laughs> carrie was sitting in the corner stressing about her own hair on the table i need to shave my hair i need to shave my hair but before we were on the runway i was always like oh yeah you know let me see what carrie do they were like all right y'all got an hour after it goes, it's going to take me an hour and 28 minutes to straighten my hair. I'm working my face in this time. Mind you, she's like, blah, 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 blah. and be done. She always did. Always she did. always done. Care me stressing myself out in the room. Right? So everybody else get the sweet advice, and then she come to corporate. Corporate, I can do this. It's going to stress me out. So everybody else got the sweet side. Me, I had to deal with the crazy. And it's like, here, you already done straighten your hair in five minutes. And she's like, okay, I am done. Okay. I'm like, just don't drive me nuts. <laughs> but it's like, that's what friends do. It's like, y'all, it's the moment. They knew better that talking. fire under my you know. All that is. <laughs> now, Bosco, we have to talk about you and Lady Camden. Oh, you for sure. won an MTV Movie and TV yeah. Award for your fight over the role of Sultine. It Saltine. was rigged. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Uh, um, was that moment sort of all of the pressure of that in the competition up to that point, building to this moment, because we hadn't really seen you engage with anybody else in that way prior to that. Oh, well, nobody had really, like, kind of stood in my way for, like, what I wanted to do. And, like, I'm usually a very, like, um, um, tolerant person. I'm usually, like, more than happy to, like, give somebody something. But, like, we were in the context of a competition. We both wanted the part. And, like, Jasmine had just checked out. So the mantle was there for yeah. who was going to start the next fight. Right. That's so I, like, <laughs> like, Jasmine, hold my beer. And we just, like, yeah. really, really went for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I never felt the need to get nasty with anybody. And I don't feel like I got nasty with Camden. But I felt like... Oh no, we're 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 on television. Let's make this um, a moment that's on television, mm -hmm. and so we did. I see why they wanted though watching it back because the fights that y'all were up against were very much throw a drink, flip a table. The fight that Camden and Bosco had now rewatching it was so intricate, it was and so it was such like a it was subtle. It was yeah. intense in the room. So if you watch it Our back, it was stressful as. But so like the like, fights that were read, that those yeah, were actually it was it was picking up tables and throwing MTV <laughs> awards. All the fights at MTV awards that y'all were up against were like, I want to throw a drink in your face, yeah. and I'm going to flip this table. And it was never that. It was such a like a subtle like shady oh, fight. So, it was like the Olympics of passive aggression. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Seattle in one corner, and then yeah. you have the UK yeah. in the other. Like yep. those are two places where their main love language is passive aggression. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we were really just like going for it. The story behind it was phenomenal. So I think that's what pushed it. Above, because I was like, yeah. wait, she won this one. They won this one. We thought this one was the <laughs> demon was going to be in it, but I, I, think they don't, I, just, I just don't think they do anything on top. I think that's why. Mm. It's, it's because y'all would look exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, regardless, they look the exact same. Just 
that is the yeah. problem. No, you, you versus Maddie is my favorite of all. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, that was so good. My that's God, that I was cry laughing during that. That's pretty good one to watch. This season also proved, I think, that great TV is great TV. Um, even if only one queen carries Snatch Game on her back, um, in hindsight. Did it feel like it was okay in the room until you maybe got like a particular reaction or maybe a moment with Rue that clued you into how it was actually going? Or did the vibe feel off it was just from the start? I, it, was just it was just bad, but I think there could have been a top and a bottom. But there was yeah. a comment Rue said, she was standing in the back right when we were doing questions. And she said, can we hurry this up? This is killing me. And I thought she was, like, in pain or she was like that. No, it was killing her because we were doing that bad on the show. And she's like, God, this is killing me. I was like, I'm so sorry, Mama Rue. I'm so sorry. But I thought we were like, oh, we're killing it. She's laughing. It's cool. When was she laughing? I live in a state of delusion. I thought she was great. Then we get to the judge's table. She was like, y'all sucked. And I was just like, oh, that's what she meant. Yeah, I think yeah. I don't think it's any secret that Rue was not impressed. So yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said that. Oh, bitch, I would have straight to the work room, girl. I was sorry. I'm gonna wear this yeah. dirty lips thing. I'm gonna. I would have had a lady. Yeah, I would have Oh my god. Oh, itchy. Well, that was the moment that you were saying before when Bosco was like, "Oh yeah, no." Like, no, it, we should all know our words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. should know our mm-hmm. words. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carrie and Cornbread, how did you both feel watching that for the first time at home? <laughs> I haven't seen the episode. Yeah, please to watch it. I have bad secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even joking. I have not seen the episode. I swear uh, to God, I've seen everything except for the episode of Snatch Game because I know how they felt about it. So I'm just like, I don't want to watch. Like I know them. I don't want to watch this like unfold and like. I watched it and I didn't think it was just like absolutely horrible, but I think what I was like I in my head watching, I was like, I was like, why are these girls not interacting off each other? It seems like they were very much like. What was the question? Okay, very well here's my character's right answer, and I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, you know, like you answered the question, but like, why is no? It seemed like everyone was in like you know how the judges panel has them cubicles. Yeah. It seemed like they were all in mental, men, mental, mental cubicles, mental testicles, very mental testicles, honey, and they were just like locked in on like I'm here, and then that was my question, and that's it. And I was like, y'all didn't, y'all didn't really. Play with each other and go in like I feel like Snatch Games normally like they go on tangents because all the girls just start doing a whole thing in their character off of each other and look over there and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it just I was like okay. I think the biggest tangent or like that was like Deja getting up and saying yeah and like pointing at the judges. Like nothing really was like well and then they, mingled at all. Maybe yeah. you well you and Dia because she I was gonna say Dia and you just kept. <laughs> It was just moldy vibes all around. It wasn't fun to do. It wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to be a part of. Um, I do think it also just like um, perspective of like what had happened previously in the season also did not help us out because we had like killed like three challenges in a row at that point. Like we'd had like a challenge where like literally everyone did incredible. So like to have a kind of a stinker, which could have been like a mid to low snatch game, just like didn't read it's just like well we really were excited for this cast to do something with this because this is like one of the most famous challenges of the franchise and then for a cast that had done well in a lot of different things to kind of tank i think really just 
soured it as well. I just want to speak justice to kombucha. That I think that funny. joke is really that funny. Was and that. then I didn't get any laughs for that. I'm like, well, I'm going to hell. I'll see all of you there with me. Um, <laughs> I did but, try to interact with them, but I was so scared. I was like, oh, I'll take in my Betsy DeVos voice. Do it like, again. Oh, I'll take a, I'll take a full gallon and thinking it would be like this greatest thing in the world. And no, mama, it was I thought that was interaction. <laughs> Were there some like things that you planned to do for Snatch Game that you did, like jokes that you wanted to tell, but like in the moment you could feel that it was kind of not going well, oh, that you just decided yeah, to yeah. not do. Mm-hmm. I had a full written like packet. Well, what can you tease what some of the things were? Oh, literally, I had full written jokes about like Betsy in terms of like shaking the hands of corporations to like take them down for their money or like really like political call outs go really well for Snatch Game. Yeah, you were really missing out on that. I I really went for like a lot of things that like people would know if they did like a deep dive on her, just was way too much. It was just like way too in depth, but they were like, ah. You were going to do Leslie Jordan, right? Yeah. Can we get some Leslie Jordan? My Leslie Jordan, sure. Now I have my very much deep voice on. Um, Hello, my hunker downers. How are you? What are you doing? Screwing. (laughs) I was going to do a little white wig and everything. Yeah. Do you think it would have been better than Trinity's? Absolutely. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, mine would have been better. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Carrie, you were going to do Mariah Carey? I was. Yeah. I, I I thought that I was going to do well, but like now looking back in hindsight, I think that I think they set that whole thing up not to do well. And for me, I was just going to act like I was at a meet and greet. It would have been a meet and greet. They were like, Carrie, we have Snatch Game. I know, I'm Mariah. And they'd be like, no, this is you on regular. She would have gave that for sure. I mean, I, I do there. act a lot like Mariah. She is one of my influences. Darling. Darling. <laughs> Willow, I saw you laughing when Carrie was speaking. She thinks everything I do is terrible, honey. Willow, Willow thinks bad everything. I breathe and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that was the worst breath I've ever. <laughs> Every ever time I was laughing at you doing something nice, I was saying, "Well, how you yeah, she, she, you know you're fucking wrong." Yeah, for yeah. sure. She's literally calling you an idiot in her head. I swear to God. Oh, completely. <laughs> um, no, Snatch Game did bring us um, a big Drag Race twist. I mean, the lip sync SmackDown as punishment for Snatch Game. Um, Jasmine and Bosco, what was the vibe like? behind the scenes of those lip syncs before you went up against each other because Bosco, you looked really, really shook throughout this episode. I was whatever the opposite of vibing was, that's where I was um, currently located. Um, It was like once again, a, a day of rancid vibes. Um, like, everybody backstage was going through it. Like, the, if you did first round, you're like, this is fun, great. And then you lose the first round, and you're like, oh, this is getting a lot less fun. Yeah. Um, and then you lose the second one. Like, I... I remember, like, Angie being in the back, just, like, having, like, a full-on panic attack before coming on for her second round. And by the time we'd gotten to round three, that's a lot of um, pretending to sing and mouthing words at people. So um, I was a little bit spent. Like, what sort of hooker tricks do I still have in the vault? Um, Luckily, still had a few. Um, But I... I'm, I'm almost glad that I that we got that song because yeah, that was my favorite song out of yeah. the options, and I thought that we both really, really turned it. Yeah. It could have gone either way. I think for me, because you know, at, up to that time, I was already in the bottom. I'd say what three times, and going into that episode, I was like, I have to kill it in the first, like whatever they were doing. I have to kill it my first one. If not, I'm probably going home. And when I lost the dial, I was like, hmm, fitting. But also, I was like, okay, this is how my story, like, this is where my story ends, but I'm not going to go out, like, 
angry or mad, I'm gonna go in, give my best foot effort or best foot or best foot forward. And I'll yeah. say with my second lipstick. I think I turned it out. I'm just saying. And you know, whatever the decision was, the decision was. But at that point on the third one, I was content. And you guys can see me crying there, like at the end, because like I was just I was at that moment I was setting this fact that like I probably will not make it. But I just wanna like reserve my dignity at least when walking off the stage and like not show that like I lost, I didn't win a single challenge. I didn't, you know, lip sync six times and I just showed on the show to do what? At that moment, I was devastated. But after lip syncing against her, it was like immediately when they said Bosco's name, I was relieved. I was like, thank the Lord. Because I literally went through such a roller coaster on that season that like I got to go home doing something I was happy and I loved to do. And I knew that what my last performance was was something different and it was something, you know, I was proud of. So I think my bigger stress that day was my feet hurting. That's about it. But I definitely like was getting in that mental like preparedness to be like, this is gonna be it, but you better exit really pretty and really, you know, strong. So you did. I'm so happy because I know it had to have been so stressful. I was, obviously, as you're saying, for those that participated, I mean, do you go into something like that with a plan? Like, because Willow, I think a lot of people were we hadn't seen you perform like that yet. And I think a lot of people were really surprised. Um, So do you go into that with a goal of, okay, I know the song. I know what the song sounds like. This is how I'm going to move. Or do you, do you perform better when you just sort of were you winging it in the moment? Mm. Oh, wang for me fully. Um, Yeah. I just wing it. I was just hoping that I would get the song that I wanted, but no matter what, there was no, plan to be had it was just chaos it was also like full chaos because like it's one thing if you know that you're like i'm probably gonna be the bottom tomorrow this is the one song (laughs) that i have to prepare for we had to make sure that we had seven songs and you didn't know which of the seven that you were going Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. so it was just a full like crapshoot of like i hope the songs that i end up with fit the vibe that i perform because everybody performed very differently in that Mm -hmm. tournament um, and everybody has very different styles. And certain songs are going to help out certain people. So yeah, it was a very, very chaotic, um, intense day. If I was yeah. being strategic, I wouldn't have picked Dog as my first person. I would have probably picked Georgia's. Because me and her at that time were at the same level field yes. in terms of our eliminations and tops and bottoms. When they gave me the option, I was very angry from the beginning in the morning. So I was like, no, I'm getting her. Yeah. You chose television. Uh, yeah, I chose television over, go, like, yeah. over yeah. strategy. Well, not genius. Yeah. Made in a lab. Right. Yeah, television. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, when, the, my favorite thing was RuPaul was like, Jasmine, you get to pick. My mouth open. She goes, wait. <laughs> this is reality television. Give it a moment. Think. Let the head. Because she knew I was done. She knew I was ready. The second yeah. my name pulled out, I was like, dad. And she was like, stop. Think about this. Think about it. <laughs> Really think about it. I was like, nope, die. I still did, <laughs> I still did, still did it. it. Yeah, I should. She probably it was, was like, the right choice. Hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, her. I will still say this. Die beat me in that lip sync regardless. Like, I don't care what people say. She definitely had a little bit more of a vibe of that, and I was just trying to like just destroy her with the song. Yeah. So I wasn't really focusing on the song. I was focusing on mm-hmm. our situation in the show. Yeah, for sure. But you, you think you should have chosen Georgia's? Yes, because okay. statistically speaking, me and her were the lowest at the time. Yeah. I would say I beat her. She picked radio. I would have done fine at radio still. Mm-hmm. So it would have been, you know, and a ch- more likely chance of me when Daya's only been eliminated once in safe level time. Right. 
So I would have, if I was a producer, I would have made it where y'all would have been lip syncing each other in, in the first place. So it would have been right there at the end. It would have been yeah. a very juicy TV moment. Oh, the last, last one would have been a moment. You and Diane, oh, that would have yeah. been a sickening situation. I mean, it sounds like Drag Race turns the cast into producers. I mean, that's yeah. what, what we like to do. Right? I mean, if we get like, if it's handed to us, we'd like to do it. You know? We're just control freaks. We've all been watching the show for the past 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, you kind of know what to do to create some TV. Absolutely. Um, no, I think the thing that took everyone by surprise was there were no props or gags in the lip sync competition. So did you all sort of agree to not do that in a way to sort of even the playing field? They told us the night before that you have to learn eight songs. Yeah. They're like, no time give for me gag. one prop that would have worked for any yeah. of those eight songs. Yeah. There was no xylophone solo in radio that we could yeah, pull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll say our turn. There was, we were filmed a runway for it. So I'm assuming they wanted one specific look for it mm-hmm. and not to be like, it's a reveal or things yeah, like that. Right. It was just kind of like, what would you wear to lip sync? Go down the runway. We all had nothing left at that point, too. Yeah. yeah. That was near the end, and we each had like three outfits. It just made a game. Yeah, no gimmicks. It's just go and make it yeah. a battle. Yeah. And I think there's been so many gimmicks on the show yeah. at this yeah. point that we were like, they're not going to like a cute little hair reveal. Yeah. No. That makes sense. Oh my god, I didn't think about a hair reveal. That's it. Yeah. Like, there's no time to think yeah. about There's no that. time. Yeah. Just, no. We had done Snatch we Game the, the night before. At 2 oh, yeah. That was just that quickly after. Yeah, yeah literally we, like, yeah, we failed Snatch oh, Game. Wow. They're like, okay, you're coming back tomorrow and you better have these eight songs learned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pace is Quick. devastating. I mean, it's very fast. And, and Bosco stayed in her shoes the whole day for the lip sync. That's what I remember you telling me. I can't. Yes. I keep on bringing that up because the amount of stress my body was during in that day, I had to take my shoes off every time I was off that stage, mm-hmm. regardless, walking barefoot. This girl, the whole time, lunch, bathrooms, whatever it was, Eddie Hill the whole time. Well, you were you were a stronger woman than I was that bad. No, I just, yeah. just like had to keep yeah. it on, otherwise everything would just fall apart. Fall apart. Yeah, 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 you know? not really just probably like to stay in it, right? Yeah. To keep the heels on there, just to like be in the zone. I legitimately have that entire day blacked out. <laughs> Don't remember it all. She, she, she from her memory. She was in a tunnel the whole time. I remember our last lip sync. We were like, they were like camera changing, and me and her were in the back, and her like separated us. This girl was like tunnel vision, looking down, like practicing the whole time, and I was there just like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go home. So well, I'm just gonna stay I was like, I was like trying to sign her. I was like, I'd give her like my vape if she wanted it because I knew like we're the only Nick girls of the season. Me more than her. But I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, all we could do. Not the Nick girls. Now we did also have what was another crazy moment. I mean, the chocolate bar twist shortly after that saved you, Bosco, from elimination. I also heard that. A lot of the queens had trouble unwrapping their bars. Oh, so Harry and Jasmine, part. how long did each of you spend trying I to? Did my nail off to do it because I saw how everyone else threw. I said, "I'm not doing that." I had a pop bit. Your and nail. Michelle laughed. She was like, "Ah!" I was like, "Keep it in," but they didn't. Um, <laughs> they literally bit it off, spit it, and started peeling it. Because I was like, "I don't care. I'm going home." <laughs> Let me just Most of our nails are removable, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can pop them off pretty quickly. <laughs> now they're acrylics. It's hard. Before that, before Dollage. Not Dollage. Dollage. I was just over it at that point. So I was like, I literally was like, rip, 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 chocolate, bye. I'm like, I was just like, you could see it in my face on the reruns. I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it did yeah. look like a typical episode for you, for sure. It, I was just like, this is. At the moment, my head was like, this is a joke. And I was like, bye, ha ha. 
I also didn't do great in that lip sync, also, mind you. Like, let's, like, full transparency, half of my is falling off, things like that, too. And my track record at the time, also, like, ours was about the same. About the same. I mean, I was in the bottom one more than her. Oh, no, we were the same at that time. But yeah, it was an interesting way how they answered it. Because it really could have gone to her and she would have had her season, things like that. It's just a weird way how they pick when they want to, you know. Have a it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I do think that it is important, I mean, that you speak about the sort of, you know, because it's not just, okay, well, you're lip syncing and it's black and white and it just happens very quickly. I mean, there's all of these different things that go into a lip sync. It's not just two people meet up, dance on the stage, that's it. There's all this other stuff that it's coming into it. So I always think it's important to speak about that. I mean, the roast was a really fun moment as well. Um, and we had Deja, a woman of her word. She said she was going to laugh at every unfunny joke. And she sure and did. she told enough of her own. <laughs> I was going to say, she couldn't laugh and be telling jokes at the same time, so it'd be hard. She tried. Well, she tried. I mean, she tried. She did try. I do want to know about the vibe in the room. Like, she really was just like, even if there was like dead silence, she was laughing. Oh, Deja is just yeah, like bottled fine. sunshine. She yeah. is just like one of the nicest, just most bubbliest people. And like, if she says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. And she's also very, like, just there to support everybody. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a single mean bone in her body. And she also um, has a dad sense of humor. So, like, making sure her did. laugh is not really hard. So, I'm sure she was actually finding a lot of these jokes um, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't fake some of it it was actually it was real no it was real <laughs> <laughs> um, did anybody return the favor for her no um, <laughs> very quick to say that hello. very no. quick <laughs> well none of us agreed to do that we're like that's, that's, a, that's a really no, nice thing that's a really nice do. thing said however <laughs> sweet of you um, but her last joke was actually one of my favorites of the night oh, it was this next <laughs> guest needs no introduction if it just watched that, that was that good that was, that was really good yeah. that was delightful mm. now there was a lot of sisterhood this season so it was surprising I think that there was no makeover challenge oh, so um, I, I it was the first time in many regular seasons that there mm-hmm. hasn't been a makeover so for, for each of you who would would you all um, wanted to make over among the cast, and what would you have done? From the beginning, I wanted cornbread. I was yeah. always like, I want cornbread to do the makeover because you know I could paint you patch down. I had um, I had my entire um, my entire uh, um, family resemblance this whole thing planned out, and um, I think I showed you my little Ouija board thing that was the flip heart. Didn't I show that to you in your mm-hmm. station? So my thing was going to be a whole storyline, but it was funny that you did to help me on the um, the, the house. Um, it was going to be one person, very pink, very pretty, and smiling. There was going to be this whole demonic looking, like, demon in the same, like, black kind of, like, pajama get up and then turn around, and the person with the... Um, like the demon esque looking one was going to have helped me on the back because the person in pink was the one that was like stressing everyone out. But I got the same costume made in um, four different sizes. Wow. Because I was like, girl, I don't know how to spell that wasn't my thing. I was like, I could do very minimum. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll get something that's adjustable for this body type. This body type is so I got it in four different sizes just smacking on somebody. Wow. For sure. That's yeah. intense preparation. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. want to put Angie in drag just because I think she would look sickening with my eyebrows. <laughs> and then I'd want Carrie to paint me because I just, I want to see what the softening looks like. <laughs> I honestly, that was the challenge I was looking the most forward to because I love makeup. I I was a makeup artist before I did drag, so I was looking forward to like all the girls because I love seeing my face on people. <laughs> um, I, I, I was totally ready for cornbread. I was also ready for Angie. I was just whoever. I was like, let me just turn you into like the ultimate like trantasy 
trans train. Well, I want to be June. <laughs> I June want to looks like mine. Oh, I would, you know, I would make a fun June shirt. Put shit on June. Yeah, you and June would have legitimately so looked like sisters. I would have chose June because I could be like, okay, I'm going to just do my face on you now. And then she'll do her face on you. Let's put foundation and lip gloss on, girl. I love what you was I really wanted to get Carrie because I had these two like 1950s garden party outfits. And that would have been fun. I would have looked so different. One had like the eyes like popping out like Jim Carrey style. And one had like a huge, long, like disgusting tongue. And they had like bugs all over them. Would I have gotten the bugs all the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. I, I wish Nigeria would have got Carrie. That would have made me happy too. Oh, I would have yeah. loved to see Carrie Carrie this triple sex synthetic <laughs> high heaven <laughs> wig. And just, oh my God, that would have been so much fun if Nigeria would have got That would have been great too. I would have been down. I would have been Either disgusted by Willow or pageant by, um, by Nigeria would have been great. I would have enjoyed that. It would have been good. There's just most of my like, makeup yeah. here because we didn't do that or the tutorials. <laughs> I am interested though to hear who of uh, of the queens who are not here, you would have liked to have seen make over someone else. I, mean, I just like these girls. <laughs> these ones, yeah. these little ones. Pretty much. I would have wanted to see Daya, what she would have Oh, Daya. Daya is down. She mugs down. So I would have wanted to, I would have wanted to honestly see you and Daya. I think that would have been a pretty easy that one. That would have been so there. I would have been so there. Yeah. They, they would have done like American Horror Story freak show, like super oh, tall, super yeah. tiny. Yeah. Like just pick George's up and walk down the set. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been freaking hilarious. <laughs> I did a li- oh, Alyssa, I would have chosen Alyssa any day for sure. Oh, yeah. Probably could fit anything in her closet, but I definitely chose Alyssa because Alyssa looks really good too. She also and very conceptual. I mean, she looks like she has 16 personalities, but she definitely would have been great. You just want more time with Alyssa. I think that's the. Oh no, no, I'm good. I want her. No, no. We was just desperate while we were there. I'll take her. There we go, Carrie. Well. well, this all brought us to an incredible finale. I think it was the first finale back in a theater since yep. 2019. Uh-huh. Um, Bosco and Willow both did so well on this finale. I seriously was so impressed with both of you. Willow, of course, becoming our crowned queen. Cornbread getting Miss Congeniality. Um, Cornbread, you looked genuinely shocked when they announced you as the winner of Miss Congeniality. So why was that a moment that was so touching and and surprising to you? It was just the drama um, of my... um, It's TV. What do you mean? No. um, (laughs) I've I've had conversations with many people about things in life. Um... You know, they know me. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, it was a genuine conversation of, I knew where some things were going. Um, but also at the same time, it was like, did this actually really like happen in the sense of, I am genuinely a nice person and I'm very giving outside of the camera. I don't do a lot of stuff off of the camera that I don't want to, you know, but oh, let's just for the camera, let's display it. But there's also parts of me that are just like, okay, I'm doing this for a specific reason. And the little demon on my shoulder and the angel goes, okay, I also got this for a specific reason. So there's like two sides of it. The shockness came definitely from like, okay, did I get this because of this or did I get this because of this? But um, they voted, you know, the people voted. And a lot of people out there were like, oh my God, why did Cornbread get it? Bitch, you were not there. You didn't have the jibble that we had to deal with. You didn't have to hear the stories that we heard or the conversation that we had. So yeah, it was great. I was excited for it. Um. Super thrilled. I kind of knew that I wanted though, but based on the position of where I was at. And the camera lighting is here right there. I'm literally looking around. I'm like, okay, well, this person might get it, but they're like behind three people. And these people are behind. It's almost like, it's drag race. They make this the easiest route possible. Well, yeah, What's easier cornbread going from right here to here? I was like, oh my God, I got it. And then I'm blind as shit. 
So like the teleprompter is there and you pop it. I'm like, look, and I'm like, that looks like my name. And I was like, that's why I was shocked. Cause like I finally see the teleprompter. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of elements to it. Yeah. For sure. A very nice moment. <laughs> um, does anybody have any interesting behind the scenes story about how your reunion or finale looks or performances came together? My beauty and the beast, my prosthetics person, um, had to get like three COVID tests just in case. Um, because the um, right, like two weeks before going, um, someone that they were around has, so they had to wait that whole quarantine moment. Yeah. Luckily, they did not have COVID. They just had to wait for tests and stuff. So she literally drove there the day of or the night before. Um, I had like a completely different situation I was going to have, but I took it just in case because mm-hmm. I thought she wasn't going to make it. So I was like really scared. I was thinking I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I don't get my prosthetics first. going to make it, so I'm not going to be able to do my look. And they finally came. So I, that was my scare for sure mm-hmm. of it because I had a vision. My angel costume that I wore for the reveal did not come until that morning. Mm-hmm. And oh. then I did one rehearsal with the wings. And the wings were originally attached to my costume. And then they broke off. So when we went to do um, the um, the live taping, we're in back and we're trying to set the dancers. And we're supposed to get, like, the wings to attach to me. And, like, it, they just broke off, like, four times. And eventually I'm just like, well, let's figure something out. So what we're seeing on television is like I had all the dancers hold everything and we just improved how that reveal went. So we got to just go for it. Um, Yeah, so that was the first time I had done that number was on live television. Yeah. Wow. But it worked fine. (laughs) My uh, final lip sync and my final performance outfit were originally switched. And when they gave me the I Hate People song and we like developed that song together, I was like, oh, I think We've got to make this change. And then the crotch reveal was we were about to leave Utica's house because she had done the whole outfit. And we had one face left that wasn't even painted. Um, that she was like, oh, do you want this? Like, this is like an extra that's kind of cracked. And my assistant like held it up to my crotch. I was like, do, 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 like just joking around. And I was like, actually. Actually. We had it painted that night, like before we left in the morning. Smart. Like. We've got to make this happen. You better have paid Chris so much. I know. <laughs> I know. My finale hair got shipped. Oh, the day really? that you yeah. Oh, my God. I was so pissed because I had to switch. Actually, I switched my looks around. Yep. I was supposed to wear the green look for a reunion, mm-hmm. and that peach little one was supposed to be finale. Okay. But because my hair didn't get in time, my boyfriend had to literally, my flight was leaving to Vegas. It shipped, it got there that day. So my boyfriend had to fly it the next day over. Wow. But literally, I had to switch my whole looks around because of it. But I actually, nine times happier that happened because I got to yell in that dress. <laughs> and I had a lot of good uh, stuff in that dress. So I ended up driving from LA with like 16 billion people's stuff in my trunk. Yeah, you Originally, okay. everybody yeah. stopped. Originally, oh, I was yeah, going to fly. And I was like, you there. know what? I was like, I'm just going to drive there. And I was like, if anybody needs anything, I'll take it. Can you go pick yourself and get this and get this? I was like, so I literally had half the fucking reunion for that. I, I could have ruined everybody's day and just stayed home because I wasn't going to go to the roof. Anyway, but I was going to ruin everybody's day. Um, but I was like, no, I'll just go and be nice to them. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely planning on staying home. <laughs> before, wait, I do want to, Carrie, ask you about yours as well. But before I forget, Willow, you said that you were switching. I mean, because I'm not sure how much you know about what the songs are going to be in advance. But like, was there a reason that you wanted to do one before the other? sequentially uh so the three-headed look i thought that would just be like a great outfit to get crowned in yeah um and the other look because the song was like uh, that's why it has like a d-light kind of 
That's why it's like I'm oddly doing like a D light sounding song in like an old Victorian woman mm. monsters outfit is because that was gonna be for the finale and okay. the D light was gonna be like the big uh like suit mm-hmm. with the pants. Um but the vibe of the I Hate People song was just so wild and out there and, and it worked with the heads. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll just switch it and then they give me a man and a men's suit was so genius. It's like Willow. I hate people, but surrounded by four of them. I'm like, yeah, this is very Willow. I hate everyone but myself. That's Carrie, your looks. I mean, you're. I mean, just everything, just incredible. How did your looks come together? Um, I mean, I was wanting to do something very like heavy metal and reflective and i had this like running theme where i was like you know i didn't get the golden bar so i wanted to be gold for the everything that had to do with drag races to be like Neh. um so I, when i was like thinking about looks and i was going through twitter the people kept going on about the whole tranos thing they're like tranos 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 thanos 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 and i was like you know what? This is a really good idea. So I got with my designer and I sent them some Mugler references, but I was like, don't copy it, but like hurt me because it's going to be metal. I like, I was like, I don't want plastic. I don't want it to look metal. I want it to actually like, be metal and like feel it. And it was just so, so, so amazing. I felt so cool. I always joke and say that was the first time I was in drag because I was in like a synthetic all. That part. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually in drag today. She texted me that. I'm in drag. I'm doing like a big hair and I'm like doing like a, a campy costume. I'm like, good for you, Carrie. I like yeah. it that she showed up looking like body. a little steel. Okay. Yeah, body. A campy body. And then for the little walk down, I guess like the only blimp was like, I had a whole reveal. There was like a cape that like yeah. shrouded me and then like yeah. I like split it open and then like dropped it. But they um didn't have the time length for it, so they're like, "We're just gonna have you walking." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, cool." Mm-hmm. Maybe for Instagram later, <laughs> right? Oh, well. I I wish I would have gotten that little B roll because I was like, it seemed like it looked good. I didn't really get to see it back. But, oh, you oh you did shoot it. Um. Well, when they did the runway of me walking down, yeah. it, okay. like All I right. walked out and like had like this whole cake shrouded, mm-hmm. and then like did like a whole pow and turn. Got it. But um, I never got to see that. But it, mm. it felt fun it's to do. Right. No, it looked, yeah. it looked it felt fun. The rose was my face reveal. I had the rose in front oh, of my yeah. face. Yeah. Then it was like yeah. one of these slow, like, pull downs. But it's like, girl, we got to get you down here. So I think that's why they chase. Yeah. It's basically the same thing as you. It's just a, you know, time. And it's TV. Yeah. You got to get right. shit done. Right. For sure. Bop, bop, bop. I thought you were saying that you didn't even film it at all. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it was there. It was filmed. It mm. just didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll end this with, I want to ask each of you, um, what do you all hope? that season 14's legacy will be in the context of Drag Race and how do you want people to remember this season? I think they've done it. I think they, yeah. they've gotten what I think... Obviously, we certain people want things to go a specific way, but I do think leaving this show, they've gotten a, a real sense of what each one of us is in a sense as a person. Um, at the same time, it goes back to the word of authenticity. Mm-hmm. The difference between season 14 and a lot of other seasons, I'm not one of those people that go, this is better than this one. That's not my thing. What we did differently on our season, or what the energy we brought from our season was, it was the most unhinged energy of, 
we are doing what the hell we want to do. Yep. And that's the difference. Usually things are like, okay, it's going to go this way, this way, this way. This group of people, all 14 of the people that were there, were not afraid to say no in the sense of giving what we wanted to. Not in a disrespectful way to anybody. It was more so, that's not cornbread. This is what you're going to get. And if I give this to you and you don't like it, give me your critiques on it. I'll listen to what you're saying because this is your competition and I'll shape myself for your competition, but I am not changing who I am as my drag. My drag is not here to shape, to be what you want me to be. Make You make me a better version of myself. Uh, push me forward with what I am doing and tell me how I can be better in that aspect and not necessarily I'm going to shape myself to what drag artists is supposed to look like. This cast is full of rebellious people and the best rebellious way. People put re rebellious in a, in a negative connotation and that's not what we are. I feel like rebelling is a phenomenal thing because rebelling means you're just basically standing up to what you want and not the norm and no one on season 14 stood in their own way. You're going to get the fuck you get from us. And if you don't like it, girl, put us in the bottom or we all just run snatch game. We have lipstick yeah. against each other. I think that we will never see another, like the show will never be the same again. I think that instead of looking for trends and taglines, I think that we've pretty much showcased at this point, like, many, 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 many forms of yeah. drag. There's obviously more. And I think that now that we kind of broke that mold of like, oh, trans and trend, I always say those are both two T words, but they're very different. Mm -hmm. Trans is not a trend, but um, trans is trendy. So we got that out the way. We we did that. We let y'all know why it is. It's beautiful. It's unique. It has so many different faces. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm so excited for us to see going into the future what, instead of trying to hype things up for a political moment or a, a tabloid statement, now you're just going to get to see representation at its mm -hmm. finest, giving what it's supposed to give without the pressure of narratives that yeah. get put with it. I think what I hope our season, if anybody's like auditioning or looking for, or like, you know, it's like, what makes a good season? I think it's just, first one, align yourself, but also like um, having the ability to open up about things that you necessarily don't necessarily fear that people will connect to you and things like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we all have the ability to connect to someone in that room mm -hmm. one way or another. And if you are open about that connection rather than like hiding it and just like, oh, well, I can make this connection or I can be really shady and do this one thing. Like take TV out of it. We're here to make relationships with people and also like, you know, get to know people and more about our community. And I think yeah. we all took the time to get to know everyone this season. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm hoping like a lot of like the longevity and like impact is like, talent and hard work are really yeah. what's needed for a show like this to succeed. Mm -hmm. And also that like, there is no separation between like, for a lot of us, transness and drag, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. trans people have always existed along drag queens and vice versa. Like there's never, there, there's never been a binary where like, this is like somebody's lane and this is another person's lane. Like mm -hmm. for as long as like this art form has been around, like trans women have been a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're kind of like entering into the threshold where like, the pop culture sphere understands that now too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. I think this season has been so much about how much we kind of watch over each other. Yeah. And protect each other. Um, we really, really do like on and off screen. And we've kind of like just made this little season 14 drag union. Yeah. And Literally you. Really. Like we, we watch out for each other and make sure that we're not being taken advantage of by anyone. In the strongest way possible. For mm -hmm. sure. And, yeah. um, you know, that the, the world really needs that right now, honestly. Unionize. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah I was, I was you, the crazy part about watching season 14 is usually uh, drag is all about drag, obviously. 
one of our our season is so much out of drag. It's insane. It is. You've been so, so much of the least drag. Yeah, it's the least like we are in drag in the last few minutes of Drag Race. All these episodes, which is nuts. I think that's why so many people got to connect with people individually because it's so insane how much the percentage of each episode is just us having fun like this with each other or having our genuine arguments or talking to each other and then okay now let's go ahead and show people what that person is out of drag is now in drag and this is so it's they they, they, I liked how they did that that made me happy that we were good enough out of drag yeah. To where that's what you're given more than we just dressed up. The same people in it. Yeah, there's very few drag characters. One hundred percent. I don't think anyone. Yeah, no one was trying to put on a character. They're just trying At to be themselves in drag. Twenty four. Just what you get. And that's what I'm saying. Unapologetic. Yeah. We didn't shape ourselves. Yeah. 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 So that really, needs to really continue. No one besides like Angie does drag on this season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally right now. <laughs> It is drag, you know. Listen, 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 Send us yeah. off with the moan. Is there one that does the other? Oh, yeah. collectively. I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll warm it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, what did I tell you? Boisterous, fun, poignant, all those good things. And by the way, we do have video of all of that as well. If you want to check that out, that is on EW.com and on our YouTube channels. Just as fun to watch as it was to listen to. And with that, folks, that is it for this episode of The Awardist. If you liked what you heard, follow, rate the podcast, and leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. My thanks to Joey Nolfi, and we will see you all next week. This episode of the Awardist podcast is hosted by Jared Hall, produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio, edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.